And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John I would like to do the introduction because I have the man, the myth, <laughs> the legend, John, John McCarthy. the punk Thompson. No. Uh, What's up, right, baby? Guys. What's up, man? Hey, so uh, you watched the fights last night, obviously. Of we course. Were texting back and forth. And, um, uh, uh, it was exactly what I said. No, nah, right. you know, look, it, yeah, I know, but it just. Here's the thing. We just did this thing last week when we talked about it when we were filming last week, and I said, I feel like the maturity of Conor McGregor is about to happen. And what I mean by that is he's finally, I think, realized that he's going back to what he was before. Because he, I think Joe Rogan, he said something very, very smart last night. about He, he doesn't need the money. Just because you're going it? on Joe's podcast, you don't have to start buttering no, up no, right now, man. No, 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 no. But what he said was, um, he misses the cage. Like he doesn't. He, I don't know if he cares to miss the fight. He misses the action of the cage, and that kind of made a lot of sense. Like when someone's that rich, you got to think about like, if somebody is that rich, what do you miss it for? You're filthy, filthy rich. I mean, they showed the stats. They showed the money from like 2016 when he made it was like thir- like 22 million in 2016. 28 to 17 was like 40 million. Then of course he had whatever that or whatever it was he fought Mayweather was like 99 million, and then it went down to like 44 million the next year. Oh, the poor I mean, like, man. If, if you're making that amount of money every, which I'm, I'm clapping to him, you know, like give him, give him, Absolutely. Uh, give him a hand. Um, but what are you doing it for? You got to find a new motivation. I think the loss, the loss to Khabib, and the way he lost, and just all the the altercation and everything that happened, and. He's somebody that usually, like they called him Mystic Mac for a while. You pointed this out. He usually is like Babe Ruth. He can call his shot. Like he says, hey, I'm going to put him away in the first. I'm going to put him away in the third. I'm going to put him away here. Okay? And and normally he does he does do that. And he really wants this rematch with Khabib. And like I was listening to a Dana interview uh, on the way here. And it just it, it, it does make sense for the automatic rematch. Ah. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give people a little bit of insight. <laughs> I'm going to give people a little bit of insight. Khabib has no interest in it. It does nothing for him. He's already filthy rich himself. He does not care. Like, he doesn't care about, you know, he wants to be, he, like he said, he he sits down with his father at the dinner table and go, and his dad tells him, the fight that I've always wanted to see, the dream matches you and GSP. That like he his goal is so much bigger than Connor. Like well, what he wants to do, not not what the the fans wanted to do. It's what him and his family want, and look, that, that's what makes him Khabib. But the whole thing is this, and it is Dana White's job to try to promote mm-hmm. that next fight and get things going. And he's saying, "Oh, th- th- you know, this just makes sense," and it does make sense for Dana because it'll make him a lot of money. It'll make the company a lot of money. That's his mm-hmm. job. He's going about doing his job, but you have to be honest when he, he brings up, he brought up scenarios and he goes, you know, this, this is like Hagler Hearns. How many times did Hagler Hearns fight? Once. Just once okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. That was now, the best it, three rounds. Best three of, rounds ever. Absolutely. It was fantastic. He goes, but it didn't happen again. And then he says, you know, kind of like Ali Foreman. How many times did that happen? Once. Yeah, once. <laughs> you know, so he's, yeah. bringing, he's bringing up scenarios trying to sell the fact that Connor against Khabib 
is the fight that really makes sense, needs mm-hmm. to happen again, and he's saying that it needs to happen to add to the legacy of Khabib. And the the facts are that's just not true. Yeah, Khabib, yeah, no. Khabib's legacy is he is close to thirty and zero as a fighter. Mm-hmm. All right, he has basically mauled everybody that he has competed against. 30 and 0 might might add you 30 and 0 in the hardest weight class in the sport. Yeah. In the sport. Well, and that's the, the hardest it, weight class. It, you know, it's part of the whole thing. It's you start to take a look at the level of competition that he has mm-hmm. faced in his last 5 fights. You know, again, this is when you're talking about being in the UFC, being that champion. Every fight you're facing a killer. Every time he's facing a killer and he's walking through those killers. Mm-hmm. He's just walking through them. So I understand why Dana wants to match that fight up. And I understand, you know, look, he want he knows that Connor makes him money. He likes mm-hmm. Connor. That's his guy. And he would love to see Connor beat Khabib. That's just the that's just the truth. He would love to see it. Yeah. Now he, he doesn't need to see it, but he would yeah. like to see it. So you know, is that the fight to make? I still think that they should, you know, he's not going to take, Dana is telling you something when he won't put Masvidal against Connor, because it actually makes sense that you can make that fight, make it somewhere in April or May, beginning of May, because Khabib's got his fight against Tony and that gets, you know, Khabib a fight somewhere, and if he wins that fight against Tony, mm-hmm. then Connor has a fight right after it against, we'll say, Masvidal, and boom. Now you can make that fight, and it really makes sense. It adds up, and it gives mm-hmm. Connor another fight. And you could do it this year, 2020. Yeah. But I think he's worried that Connor can't beat Masvidal. He sees a style in Masvidal that's going to give Connor problems, and I don't blame him for some of that. Masvidal has the the best approach I think I have ever seen when it comes to um, who he wants to fight next. He's one hundred percent like just upfront and straight. Like, <laughs> hey, awesome, there, there's fights that the title. Will, like he said about Usman, there's fights that the, the title will always be there. Usman, yeah. he may not be the champion, but that belt will always be there. He's like, and I don't. He doesn't care. I want the money fight. Yeah. Whatever the money fight. Whatever the money fight. If Usman was worth more money to fight him, let's just say Connor was the 175, 75 or 70 pound, 70 pound champ, he would want to fight him there. If Usman was the BMF title, he wouldn't give a shit. He'd be like, ah, fuck it, more money on Connor. Wherever whoever's the most money fight is what he wants to do. Well, this and is I, that's where you're that, talking about sense. what's your motivation. You got to find yes. your motivation. He knows yep. his motivation. And my motivation is I have a short period left in my career mm-hmm. that I am going to be near the top and I need to make the most money I can make right now. That's a smart man. I, it's a good business move. I don't blame him. I just feel that I think he's right. I, I don't think that Khabib's going to take that fight with Conor right away. I also think him fighting Donald Cerrone and having the performance he did, I thought he looked great, of course, but it was such a small um, talent pool of, like, it was just such a small, t- you know, it was so fast. You can't pull much, <laughs> you can't pull much, you can't pull much from that and say, like, okay, now he's ready for Khabib. There was no wrestling, there was no, there was no jiu-jitsu, there was, it was literally three shoulder strikes and a, and a head kick, you know, and then a, and a barrage. Head kick of landed, man. Yeah, I did. It was beautiful. Head it was kick beautiful. landed beautifully, so. But we, we talked about, that number one thing we talked about was it Donald just doesn't, 
he doesn't deal with southpaws. He and doesn't everything see, he, he doesn't see doesn't that see that it. rear leg, man. And mm-hmm. that's the problem. And that's what we kind of you can't sit there and tell people exactly what's going to happen. And, and you have your ideas, but if you watched long enough, you go, "This is just not a good fight for Donald." Mm-hmm. And, and you know, yes, Donald has now lost his last three, but look at who he has lost against. Yeah. All right. He lost to Tony Ferguson. He lost to Justin Gaethje, and now he lost to Connor. And he's had those areas uh, where he's had three losses before he did that. Mm-hmm. I think with Masvidal, uh, Lawler, and I can't remember who else. But, you know, he's had those moments. I, I, I hear a lot of people talking all of a sudden quickly, and I'm getting texts saying, you know, do you think he's done? No, he's not done. Yeah. He's just unable to fight at that pinnacle level and be successful against those guys. He's kind of turning into your guy. Donald Cerrone is kind of your gatekeeper. If you can beat Donald Cerrone, you can be in that top echelon of fighters. If you can't, you're not going to make it. <clears throat> yeah, so. and we, I, when I said last week, I said this is when you need to feel, like I said about with Holly Holmes, and we'll get into her a little bit later because you were texting <laughs> me and blowing me up. Look, with Holly, with Holly and like with uh, um, Donald, like you got to figure out, are you ever going to be champion again? If you're not, then what are you doing it for? Are you just doing this to make money? Which is cool that that's what you're doing. As long as you understand that's what you're yeah. doing, you're doing it just to make money. Or do you want to become champion? Because you have to have the reality is that I always just was like, hey, if I'm not fighting the top three guys or the top five guys in the organization that I'm in, then that means I'm not getting any closer to the title. And that's my that was my whole purpose. I want to be the best in that organization, whatever it is. And once I'm not, I'm like, okay, fine. Now i got to figure out what I'm going to do. Okay, do I want to keep fighting? Do I not want to keep fighting? I, but I never had dropped, you know, one or two. I had only, only never dropped more than one fight at a time. So I dropped one, got one back, dropped one. You know, it was like, when you understand, once I dropped two, I was like, shit, I've never been here. This is uncharted territory. I don't like it. Then I dropped three in a row, and I was like, this is not what I want. This is not This is not how I, this is not how I want to live the rest of my, my life, my fighting career. I've done so well. Both of them have done the same thing. Yeah. Uh, Donald, he fights so much, no matter how good you are. It's hard to keep yourself going. Like, you know, I want to say he fought six times or seven times in one year. I mean, and that was, I want to believe it was like something in the UFC. It was, anyways, he had a ridiculous amount of fights in one year in the UFC. And I'm like, you just can't, you can win them all, but it's very, very hard to fight that often and still win them all, you know? And so he's done such an amazing job, Yep. but he he has turned that corner of that. he, He won't, I don't think he'll ever get, he'll never get to a title shot. I know that that's one. Two is father time's working against him and he's just, the the reaction time is a little slower. the The release of 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 his punching and kicking is a little bit slower. The counters are different. Yeah. And if you look at someone posted a picture of like the last like seven six years uh, six years of him like side by side by side of him stepping on the scale and each time he looks like he's it was, he like was a little soft then he was like ripped 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 and then he started getting you could tell like the muscle tone in the shoulders wasn't the same the sinew in like you could see in the muscle tone in his stomach and abs wasn't as ripped and lean not sure that could have been for one camp but then you see it progressively as he gets a little bit older it's not as lean as ripped he's still lean and ripped that's God, never yes. been you know what i mean he's still lean and ripped but i guess what you guys have to understand there's a difference from when you look at him in some of the pictures, he's got a little bit of a tan, but he's fucking shredded. You can see the veins coming up his stomach into his chest. And you're thinking, and you know, the ones that go down his shoulder. That is somebody who at the time was at the peak of his career, physically and just obviously mentally, I think, as well. Now you look at like his body type and what he, what he looks like now. Still looks ripped, still looks all those things. 
But he's he's like this now. He's on a roller coaster. Wins three, loses two. Wins wins four, loses one. Like it's like he, he just can't get over that hump. And I don't. And as you get older, it's not going to happen. He's it's like it's not yeah. going to. It's not going to make it any easier to get over the hump when you get older. No, it's just tougher, and the training gets yeah. tougher. And I, one of the things I did love that the UFC did is I don't know if you saw it, but they put out this just talk of. Showing Cowboy coming to the fights, yes. being in the back. And he was so honest and so truthful about the entire thing. Because people ask all the time, and I've, you know, we've talked and I've said, you know, in the back, Cowboy's a mess. You know, and he's, he's, he, it's amazing to me how he turns it on and he comes out and he's just ready to go. Because if you talk to him in the back, he's like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> what, what am I doing here? And all this stuff. And you're going, he was so honest about, I love the fact that they actually put that out. The way they yeah. did, and you know, and he talked about, you know, do I, you know, do I keep staring at him? Do I not? Is he going to think I'm weak? And and all of those thoughts, everything he was talking about, are all the things that are going through the the fighter's mind. And I thought it was really cool that they put that out because he was completely honest throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it's true. It's funny that you said like, do I stare at him? Do I not stare at him? Do I keep looking at him? It's <laughs> funny that you say that. I get that so feeling true. every time. Every time we're standing across the cage from each other and they're getting ready to announce us. Like and I'm walking back and forth. Do I look at him? Do I not look at him? Like is it disrespectful? I'm thinking those things, but yet I'm about to punch this guy in the face. Yeah. But you're wondering, do I do I look at him? Like do I do I you know like do I mad dog him? Do I smile at him? What do I do? Like in your mind, those are all the emotions that are going through your head. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, look, <clears throat> the fight with uh, Raquel Pennington and Holly Holmes. Yeah, I'm extremely disappointed. I'm not extremely disappointed. So, so not disappointed, and so absolutely impressed with what Holly did because she is a different fighter. Yeah, and Raquel had a game plan of I'm going to step off and I'm going to cut that backside motion that she comes and she circles out on, mm-hmm. and I'm going to come with my right hand and she's going to run right into it, mm-hmm. and. Holly did a couple of times, and all of a sudden, Holly said, okay, boom, puts her against the cage, starts just slowly, systematically breaking her down with little shots, and just shows that I am the stronger, more powerful fighter. Yes, you weighed more. I am stronger, and I can keep you here, and I can win this fight in an intelligent fashion without being damaged. I have no problems with that at all. I thought it was a very smart and effective performance by Holly Holmes. No, no. What I meant was I'm I was disappointed in the fight because I thought she fought in a brilliant fight. Yeah. She, if you actually go back and watch her cyborg fight, she was winning the fight every time she pressed cyborg to the fence. It was doing work and doing damage there. She should have kept doing that, but there was moments where she decided to break and come away, and that's yeah. when she got hit with some good clean shots, and that's when I felt lost in the fight. Had she kept cyborg pressed to the fence, she potentially could have beaten her. I thought yeah. like pressed to the fence, did some work. You know, she was throwing Julia couple Bud, takedowns. take a take a note. Yeah. Exactly. That's what we're talking about. Um, But no, I was upset with the fact that Raquel Pennington had talked so much in her interviews and all the other things about how this fight was the one that was really eating her alive because she wanted to go back and get this fight back. But when she went out there, she seemed like she just didn't pull the trigger again. She waited for Holly to do something and try to get in. She's not faster than Holly. So what like what exactly was your game plan? Like you said, like you was to step off to the right. But people make adjustments. And when you make the adjustment, what's your plan B? 
You need yeah, to see also too, by the way. You got you have to figure there out was, she's gonna she's gonna figure it out after the second time she gets hit and go, Okay, I yeah. can't do that and then you've gotta have your next step of this is where I'm gonna force her. I didn't see that out of Raquel, you're right. No, and she just kept, and every time Raquel stepped in, she stepped in with the right hand straight jab, right hand again, and she smothered herself so much that put her right where Holly wanted her, was in the clinch. So yeah. she, Holly just dipped down, double body lock, and then pressed her to the fence, you know, and just took away anything, any type of offense she would have had after that. It reminded me a little bit of how Bernard Hopkins used to fight. Like, he would just step in, boom, boom, and then grab you. Step in, boom, boom, grab you, you know, waiting for the ref to, and then, so he was landing his shots, you were never getting off on yours. Yep. Very smart. I thought, I thought Holly yeah. A very smart fight. I was just simply saying I was upset at the fact that Raquel Pennington was letting it slip away again by just letting her do her thing and not making the adjustments as the fight went on. And you waited this long for this rematch, knowing that you could have potentially done more in the first fight, and you're kicking yourself in the ass now. And now it's going to eat you up even fucking more. You got two losses on your record to someone that you feel like you could have, you potentially could have beat had you just made some adjustments or Pushed the pace and the action a lot more. I want to say there was like two and a half minutes left in the third. And I'm thinking to myself, you're down two rounds to nothing. What the fuck do you have to lose? Yep, like, go. Go out there and throw head kicks. Go out there and throw leg kicks, calf kicks. Like, do something, you know? Like, I, I don't even know if you know how to fucking grapple like a barambolo, but fucking do something. <laughs> Jump guard. <laughs> do something to get this chick down on the ground or do something to like that will make the crowd go, oh, shit, what's going on? Because I there's moments where I just was like, all right, I'm going to get up off the couch, go get a beer and kind of hang out and get some chips and see what happens when the when the announcement's over. I got to that point because it was the same thing by Rocky the whole time, by Raquel. Yeah, it so, was. It was a little disappointing. I will say this. The fight that shocked me the most was, I can't even say his name, but the kid that fought uh, Pettis. Oh. Diego Ferreira. 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 Um, yeah. Fuck, he didn't look good. I saw all the other fights I've seen him fight. He looked okay. I was like, eh, Pettis going to pick this guy apart. Yeah, but he's got a great his freaking jujitsu is good. He not I mean not only just his jujitsu, but I was very impressed with his defense on the on the step ins. So he just kind of walked Pettis down with just having his hands and he bringing that leg up. He would every once in a while use it as a push kick. I'm over here in my chair simulating push <laughs> kicks, guys. I look like an idiot, but but it was he did such a good job of just making sure he was so covered up. Pettis couldn't land anything clean. Come you on, tell the Pettis way, was getting frustrated. The way he took his back was so slick. Yeah. Because he he forced Pettis into thinking that he could turn through it. And Pettis on the one time was able to turn his way out on the ground. But that the second time when he took his back, you go, Man, that's you can't give a guy that's that good on the ground. And Pettis is good on the ground. I take nothing away from his skill set. He is really talented on the ground. It's just there's those levels, and that guy's level on the ground is so good that you're always being defensive, and if you're always being defensive in a fight, you can't win that fight. Yeah. And and I think Anthony was trying to find this place where he could try to be offensive, and that's what cost him in the end. For me, every time I've seen Anthony's uh, grappling, his grappling is the most effective from the guard. He reminds yeah. me a lot of Emmanuel Sanchez. Like when I train, I trained and rolled with him a little bit in Hawaii way back in the day. Um, like almost right before he beat Benson, before right when the UFC had just first bought uh, Strikeforce. When I had um, trained with him inside his guard, he's phenomenal. Good arm bars, good triangles, all those strong, strong legs. Once you get to half guard, once you got to side control, just 
was a different fighter. Yeah. Or a different grappler. Yeah. Not as good. So <clears throat> my take on it was he should have always been trying to get himself back to that that guard position, you know, and then turn his head off the fence and maybe start opening up on his submissions to kick him back. Yeah, but did you, did you see if yeah. I pass his guard yes. like it was nothing? Yeah. Come yeah, on, dude. There was a, a couple times like, oh, God, he did that so easy. And that's not easy to do. And he just made it look like, oh, this is nothing. No, I agree. I agree. I, I was very impressed with him. I, I want to know how he's going to do against other guys that are, I guess, have a little bit more power on the stand-up. Because his, his stand-up's okay. It's not great. But he's not afraid. He's not afraid to get hit. And he's not afraid to throw. Those are two things normally some grappler, excuse me, some grapplers, they'll kind of shy away from getting hit just so they can get in on the takedown. He didn't do that. He just kept throwing and kept throwing until he got himself to the clinch. That lets you know that someone is willing to take one to give one or willing to give one and take one or whatever it is to, to, get, into, to get into the clinch. And that showed a lot of um, maturity on his level. He fought a very, very smart fight. I can't stress enough how, how important it is for someone just to be so defensive but yet offensive at the same time. So even though he, was, he had his guard up high, was bringing the knee up, sure there was things Pettis could have done, but there, none of the things that Pettis could have done would have caused damage. Like he could have swept the back leg. He could have done those type of things, but it wouldn't have done anything. Uh, what do you, how do you say his name? Pieta? Pereira. Pereira. He would have got back up and he would have just kept doing the same thing he did. It wouldn't have discouraged him from stopping You know what yeah. he was doing. Well, so I, it, I thought I thought it was a very good fight. The other part of, he brought in that part of the blueprint on beating Anthony is pressure. Pressing. Yeah. Make him make him go backwards, and that's what he was doing throughout that fight. And you look and you go, "Hey, man, you're you're fighting a very smart fight. You're waiting for your moment." And when he got his moment, especially that second time, that was uh, yeah. that's how you do it. That's how you that's how you make that that next step. And I was very impressed with his performance. Yeah, I felt like um, Clay Guida kind of laid that same performance down years and years ago when uh, Pettis first came into the UFC. That was exactly kind of the mentality of. Of um, of Clay, Clay just pressed and pressed and pressed, kept getting takedowns, press, 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 and Anthony couldn't fight going backwards, at least with the power that he normally has, you know, and the kicks he couldn't set things up. And if you you give him that range, he will take full advantage of it. But if you don't, it, he has a hard time setting up because he's got a wider stance. Yep, you know, he's got good footwork, but then you get tired as you're running around that much, trying to you know, and you're running around backwards, you start to get tired, and the things just don't come out as fast and as crisp, and it was and with as much uh, pop and power. Yeah, so I, I want an energy gauge. When you're going back to Holly Holmes. I want an energy gauge on how much energy she burns before she actually fights. <laughs> <laughs> the whole bounce and then run to the other God, side, bounce and dude, then run to the other side. My heart yeah. rate, my heart rate's at 170. Just watching her. Yeah. I mean, it's like, dang, she's. I don't know how she just, you know, that's her. That's her method. She's done it forever. So there's nothing wrong with it. But man, she goes through some energy just bouncing around. <clears throat> Yeah, it's almost like she's keeping herself warm while she's in there, which is nice. I mean, like, <clears throat> you text me a little bit about how she still looks ripped. She still looks just looks, you know, she looks shredded. I'm like, yeah, I see that. She looks but great. There's, there's, she does. She does look great. I, I didn't want, like, when we had talked about this last week, I've just talked about what I talked about with Donald, is that she's losing a little bit of that firmness. And that's like kind of, I'm just, I'm just being honest, man. The firmness, the firmness, like on her upper legs, kind of like in her butt area, as well as like her. Um, Dude, are you like are her, you using like her one of those jewel, jewelry no. things, looking at a diamond or something? Her, because, her I mean, obliques. 
she's shredded. She, there's no doubt she's a, a, extremely fit. There's no doubt about she's it. I a mean, like stud. Mo, like you, like you, you'd be if you had to do her her ring entrance, you'd be tired by the time you got to the cage. Hell yeah, you know what I mean? so like, would you. So, nah, nah. <laughs> yes. I still got a little bit in me. I got I still got a little bit in me. Uh. I mean, producer Dave here gets tired walking to the mailbox. <laughs> you know. Um. So uh, yeah, I mean, like I I didn't. I'm not. I'm not trying to pick her apart. I'm just simply saying, like she looked great. But I've seen it. I saw it a little bit with Donald. I, I've seen that for the last probably fight or two with him. Um, I went through the transition myself. When you just start realizing, you look at yourself, and you're like, man, you used to be this way, even though you trained just as hard. There's nothing that you physically can do anymore or train any harder without overtraining yourself and making it worse. And when you get to a certain age, you, it doesn't happen anymore. Like your your you know your muscles don't get as firm. Your body doesn't your body doesn't. Uh, doesn't look as tight those are the things that it just happens with father time and so i mean i've i'm seeing it just a tiny bit with her it doesn't mean that her skills are going away it just means that her body is not what it is her body and like with donald's is not physically able and capable of doing what it used to do and so i think that's why she's made some adjustments with that cyborg fight i that was the first time i'd ever seen her punch to the clinch and try to press people to the fence i thought it was brilliant but you have to make the adjustments, and I feel like that's one of the adjustments that she's done very well. You could tell she has very strong legs. You oh, tell. super strong. You know what I mean? And so the fact that she's able to push people to the fence, and that's a weapon that's going to prolong her career. Anybody that's had that style of fighting, those guys that press to the fence and grind you out, Randy Couture, he fought for so damn long. That's because why that's he could fight he, that long. That's why he could fight that long. He never took big, clean shots. I mean, outside of a couple of his losses. But... um. His career was prolonged because that's his fighting style. And I think if Holly wants to have a long, uh, uh, an even longer career than she's already had, an outstanding career, she needs to uh, she needs to adapt that which she has and just continue to get better at it. I mean, more knees to the body, more elbows in the clinch, just a little know, bit dirty. more output. Yeah, a little bit more output. You know, because right now she's just focused on holding the person there versus doing damage. And if she can do that, man, it'd be nasty. Like if she can learn how to work like a uh, Jermaine Duranami, uh plum tie or like a. Uh, you know, uh, body a clinch, a body locker, plumb tie against that against the fence, and just start opening up with knees, maybe a couple little elbows. I think I think that'll make a huge difference on her getting people out of there as well, instead of always having to go three to five rounds. Uh, what I was really impressed with with the way she was utilizing that that cage work. Look at her head position. Look at what she was doing with her head. Look exactly where she was forcing. Uh, you know, Rocky's head to go off to the side at times. She was you know grinding it in. People have no idea how frustrating that is and actually how painful that can be. Yeah. Because it's irritating and it hurts, man. Yeah. Someone's driving their forehead and their top of their head into your face. It does not feel good. And it starts to frustrate you, starts to make you do things that all of a sudden you're making the mistake. And then all of a sudden someone's taking advantage of the mistake. I thought her performance, I thought, you know, body types or anything like that, it doesn't matter what someone looks like. It matters how they perform. And she performed beautifully, I thought, yeah. in that fight. She deserved an easy win. And and like you said, I was a little disappointed in that Rocky just didn't have a plan B. She had that one idea, I'm going to land my right hand. And I'm going to put her down, and it never happened. But I, I will. Let's go to the other fight. We didn't get to see Claudia Godella against Alexis Grasso because Alexa missed weight by a huge amount. That's... You know, not the 
I, definitely not the first time it's happened with her, and now she's supposedly moving up. But Roxanne Modafari against Macy Barber. Oh. Ro- Roxanne looked good. Yeah, She put on a performance, and I will give it. You could see that Macy hurt her knee going down in the second round. Mm-hmm. No quit in her. Didn't make an excuse. Didn't, you know, say, oh, I need to get out, which is okay if she did. She kept hanging there and tried to win. Came up with a couple of nice, you know, attempts at sweeping uh, <coughs> Roxanne over at times. And Roxanne's good on the ground. Yeah. yeah. She yep. knows balance. She knows base. And she was having some problems with her at times. And I, but I was very happy for the happy warrior. She deserves that. She's a special person. And uh, it was nice to see her get that win. And now Macy, I know she didn't want to ever get that loss, but learn from it. It's okay. Yeah, I guess if you're going to get a loss like that, it's like one of those situations she she made. She tried to make the adjustments in the cage, and she had some success with some stuff. But when your knee doesn't allow you to you know put pressure on it or to post on it or do any of those things, there's not a whole lot you can do. And I thought Roxanne fought a very smart, conservative fight after that, knowing that she pretty much had the fight in the bag. All she had to do was just not make a mistake. Yep. And people were like, oh, I would have went after. I was reading some of the posts on, on Instagram. I'm like, you guys... <laughs> She got the win, man. Like that's what that, against a very tough, tough girl. Yeah, you that know, girl's y- gonna be young. that girl's gonna be around for a long time. So when you're talking, when people want to, you know, criticize her, I'm like, she fought a very smart fight. She got the win. That's that. That's that Mayweather Canelo, where she jumped on her before. You know, so now she's got her on her record now for the rest yeah. of her life. Even if Roxanne leaves, like, hey, I beat that girl. Oh, I, I remember beat her. that when she's champion. I remember <laughs> that when she's champion. Well, you, you know, so what, what'll happen is when Macy does become champion and she she has a very good possibility of getting to that point who are they going to always bring up as her first loss yeah exactly it'll be roxanne in infamy baby forever um let, let's go back to uh grosso and claudia okay um just even if she goes up like it just it just if you can't, if you can't do it, if you if you need to get a nutritionist to take care of yes. yourself during the off season, figure it out. I I, can, I mean like, you are somebody that um, that is you you have the look, you have the fighting style, you've got the appeal of MMA fans that they love watching you fight. I'm talking about Alexa Grosso. Like you have all those intangibles. When you don't make weight, you just lost fans. They're yes. like, this is all right. I'm. This is like a. She's done it a couple times. Okay, I'm over it now. Now you're just not professional. Okay, you're not. It's not. And then here's the thing. It'd be different if you didn't make weight by point zero two or point zero eight, but you didn't make it by five and a half pounds. Actually, <laughs> yeah, six, six and a half. Yeah, exactly. Six pounds because you're giving that one pound allowance. It wasn't even close. One one twenty one. I wake something. up. Yeah, like I wake up the day of my weigh-ins, like only weighing six over. This one, she's probably been trying to get her weight down to six over since the morning of the like. She, it, it's, it's unthinkable to think that you were that far off of your weight class the week of the fight. I mean, six pounds—that's a lot, man. That is a fucking lot. So, I feel, I feel upset that not upset, but I feel it's, it's unfortunate for for Claudia because I know she was she had come off the injury, was trying to get back in there, not being able to fight for so long, then getting this fight. Getting against a high profile, both of them being high profile, but a very entertaining and appealing fight to I think MMA fans, especially hardcore fans, and for it to not happen, it's just like 
oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. And then, oh, all right, oh. well, fuck, maybe next time. Yeah, and as a fan of, uh, of Grosso, they're like, all right, this is this this is probably the second or third time I bought this pay per view, you know. And you you maybe you know you didn't make weight or there's there's some sort of issue around whatever it is you're doing. Her going up, problem is her going up. Oof. Flyweights are. <laughs> Ooh. That, you talk about a tough class. Yeah, you know some studs in there from the top down. You know, Chevchenko is just a murderer. I think just she, nasty. I mean. I am so impressed with her. I think, honestly, she's one of the best female MMA fighters I've ever seen. Yeah, I think she's the best. I think yeah. she's the best right now. So, yep. yeah, skill-wise think... and technique and what she can do. and Yeah. I know Amanda yeah. Amanda beat her the two times, and, and Amanda's phenomenal. I take nothing away from her. It's just that Amanda's way bigger than her. Way and, bigger. And those fights were close. Yeah. They were yep. close. Yep. So, I would... I would love to see them do it one more time, just to be honest. But I, yeah, I agree. So would I. The, the size is so much. The size is so much bigger. <clears throat> Amanda's huge compared to to um, Shevchenko, but style wise, um, um, power wise, all this, I think they're pretty much close to being equal. If she, if Shev, if Shevchenko was a little bit tall, like a little bit not taller, but a little bit bigger, if she had a little bit more weight, I could potentially see her putting away Amanda. Like that that kind of style, it would be a great. I'd like to see that fight again. For sure. Um, outside of that, what what other fights? Anything stick out to you? No, one of the things that I got people uh, they were contact me on, you know, about the Connor and uh, Cowboy fight, and I thought Herb Dean did a fantastic job. You know, there's people saying, "Oh, that was late." And I go, "Bullshit!" Mm-hmm. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. Yeah. Yes, you're going to get a lot of referees that would have stopped that off the beginning when Cowboy hit mm-hmm. the ground. And what you're doing is you're allowing the people out there to have controversy. You're allowing them to say, oh, and sometimes even though you know, as the referee, you know, you're done. You're not going to get out of this. But you got to let that fighter show they're not going to get out. You've mm-hmm. got to let them go through more. And in that scenario, in that type of fight, with all of the background and Connor coming back and everything that was said, you got to let you got to let Cowboy go to the very point of proving, ah, you're doing nothing. Now I'll get you out. And that's what Herb did. I thought he did a fantastic job. So everyone that is sitting there saying, oh, Herb sucks and he should have stopped that fight sooner. No, he yeah. ref that perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree. I thought um, it left no doubt that he that's was it. That Cowboy couldn't continue. And that made sure it was very clear. Uh, look, I'm not a big Herb Dean fan. I mean, like, I, I like him. I like him. We talk. <laughs> we chat. We know. I, I'm nice. We're nice to each other. But, I mean, like, I've had too many issues with him in the cage where I didn't like the way he, did, he roughed my fights, the things that he could have done, things like that. But in this case, in this scenario, I agree with you. Like, he, I thought he did a great job. He made sure that there was, ne- there was no doubt on who the winner was and why they won. And, and it was good. And there was no complaints from Cowboy. The other thing, too, is, like, you touched on it for a split second, was that you have to realize who's in the cage. You yep. got Conor McGregor and you got Cowboy. Neither one of them are quitters. Nope. And you know they can come back at any time. They can find ways to get themselves to, to the clinch or to the guard or anything along those lines. They, they can recover and they continue to fight. So you got to let them go until you realize that nothing is left in that person. You know, and he did, he did exactly that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was one fight, though. Hold oh, on. Man, Before I, you say anything about that, because you said something that is absolutely true. Neither Connor or 
you know, cowboy, you, you got to let them go. They're not quitters. Except if you talk to Stephen A. Smith, who is a just an incredible uh, authority a, on a, fighting and basically said the cowboy, you know, gave up. It's like, hey, motherfucker, let me yeah. punch you in the head a couple of times. Let's see what you do. Yeah. And man, yeah. you talk about a guy talking out of his ass. I know. We we're um the UFC's gonna have to do something about Holy about shit. About about these ESPN and look, and I'm fans of these guys on other shows. I'm a fan of him being a basketball an analyst. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm fans of them on their other shows where they talk other sports that they've been talking for years. But don't come in trying to talk fighting when you have no fucking clue who or what these people are about. Like Or and, what like, it's like. Yeah, what it's like. That's the other thing. Come on. Yeah, yeah. It just, it just. I exa- I, I, I was listening to some of that after fight commentary where, and I'm thinking to myself, and I'm gonna actually because when I talk to Joe on Wednesday, I'm gonna tell him I say, what was going through your mind when Stephen A. said the Cowboy was a quitter? Oh. Like I, like, I want to know. Like, what did you, did you like think to yourself like this guy has no fucking clue? No. What, what he's Joe wanted about. to do was go over and just fucking drop kick him. And Man. start pounding it on him to say, "Are you quitting? Yeah, get up, get <laughs> yeah, up, come, come on. on, do something, come on, throw easy. a punch back." It's easy. No, I, yeah, it was. It was very. Yeah, it was very upsetting to hear him say the things he did. It, I mean, it's almost like taking the person who, who like with Cowboy, he's just he's so well known and so respected in the sport, and now you're like just pissing on him when he's down. Oh, like that. That was upsetting to me that. That he did, that, that that he was saying the things he was saying. I was like, "Come on, man! Like, there's there's no quitting him. There's no quitting that guy at all. I mean, he got caught. He got clipped. Like, he's human. No, he can get hurt. And there's no response to like when you're injured and hurt. Like, look, you got hit with, like, there's your but your bearings are not there. Like, trying to figure out what goes on next is not the easiest thing to do, especially when Connor swarms you or anybody swarms you with the barrage of punches. Like, then what? I mean, he's got to make the the uh, adjustments and stuff. And sometimes it happens, and sometimes it doesn't. And, um, yeah, it was very unfortunate to hear him say that. We went through this a little bit when Strike Force was around. We got murdered with uh, Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson. Yeah. And and I like Gus. Gus so calls, calls basketball. Uh, he's fucking awesome. He's, got the, he's just got the perfect voice for the sport, period. But when it came to the sport, he didn't know it. You know, and uh, and that didn't last long. You know, so we had him for a while and it didn't last long. And then, you know, we had other guys that came in. I believe Morrow replaced him. But bottom line is, is they need to, ESPN needs to figure something out or UFC needs to figure something out about using certain guys because yeah. that, to me, that's just going to strike up such that, controversy. You're going to lose fans. You're going to lose fans. That's embarrassing. Turned off. It is. It's embarrassing that it's <clears throat> someone that is in that position says something that you go, whoa. Yeah. Well, you know, you, are you kidding me? He got, did you see what he got hit with? Let me kick you in the head. Yeah, and yep. let's just see your phenomenal reaction to this. Yeah, yep. just crazy. Yeah, it's so funny. I, I um I occasionally will like uh, slap producer Dave around a little bit. And I just see when you <laughs> see guys like that, when you see their reaction, their reaction is not like a normal fighter's reaction. You know, it's it's like ooh 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 ooh. <laughs> Those of you guys at home, you guys you guys got to see my facial expressions, but it's very true. Like that's how. Producer Dave reacts. I can just imagine how Stephen A. would act. Dude, it, it was, you know, it was one of the best things. I did that bully beat, <laughs> bully beat down show. Oh yeah, yeah. And I love that because all these tough guys, you know, and they come in and, and 
they have so, you know, they're so clueless about certain things and they think they're really tough and they have no idea the difference between getting hit by their friend or getting hit by a professional fighter. Yeah. And it would, they would get into the, the kickboxing part of it and these guys would get hit and you would see their eyes open up like, oh shit, you know? And it was yeah. like, oh yeah, this is reality now, bitch. Yeah, this yeah. is not some yeah. drunk guy in a bar yeah, trying to swing yeah. like a big overhand right and missing. Oh, man, that's hilarious. Shit. <clears throat> um, there was a fight, though, that I thought was stopped a little bit late, and I can't remember. Um, God, man. Uh, I think it was Dan Mergliotis. The guy jumped. No. I think it's Dan. Somebody no, it wasn't was a bald Mark, Mark Smith. You're talking, God, about, you're talking about Drew Dober against uh, Horace Yes. Bob. Yes. yes. Mark oh Smith was the referee. God. Yeah. Was that a late stoppage? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. He had already shown, man. Especially where the way he's positioned. I know. Pressing down and jackhammering him after watching the way he went down from the left hook that first put him down. That's where you're taking that information and putting it. Where's his hands? What is he doing? I got to get him out of here because he's not responding. No. He can't. So, yep. That, well, wasn't, that, that wasn't a good one. It can well, happen. He dropped, he dropped him. Then he drove in, put his knee on his belly, but he was still like kind of in half guard, but knee in the belly position. Yep. And he hit him with three or four clean shots. Yeah. You, and well, then you finally, the guy rolled to his. Bouncing. I know. It was and bouncing. then the guy rolled to his guard, like the guard position, and he started hammer or hitting him. And I was just like, dude, you can stop this fight anytime now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. at any moment. I mean, like, yeah. now would be good. But I mean, like, if you want to wait four more shots, I was. Uh, yeah, I was I was in I was in disbelief that it, he had let it go that long. I, mean, I was wondering if there was something he saw or that maybe you saw that allowed him to keep going. But he he didn't even attempt to cover his face when he had neon belly and was hitting him three or four more times. Yeah. And then finally he rolled to his back and then he got hit three or four more times again clean. And then he finally stopped. And I'm like, man. Anyways, but to me that was a very late stoppage. That that one and was so, late. Yeah, yeah. Not look not the worst thing in the world, but. Could it have been better? Absolutely could have been better. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Um, well shit. What else? What else are we talking about? Did you see Floyd posted um graphics oh, of yeah, I've, him versus Connor two in uh, twenty twenty and then him versus Khabib twenty twenty? Him and him and what? He posted graphics on his Instagram of like uh him and Khabib fighting in twenty twenty and then him and Connor rematching in twenty twenty. Rematch. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, and this here here's the problem and this is I, I kind of said something a couple shows ago. Ah, look, I talked to Connor is back. He's back in the gym. He's doing things right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say everything that, you know, I can't sit there and give yeah. away what people have told me. But he is back in the position where he was before he won the titles, where he is mm -hmm. always in the gym. First guy in the gym, last guy out at times. Where after he had won the titles... He was not the first guy in the gym, and he is usually the first guy out of the gym. Uh -huh. You know, and sometimes didn't never showed up at the gym, and that can happen. Is you know, you're a younger guy, and you think that this is going to last forever. And he's he's smart enough that he's learned. Hey, I have to go back to doing what made me successful, and that's what he's doing. But one of the things that took away from his MMA career was doing that boxing going and doing that fight with Floyd. Now, I don't blame him for doing it, and I agree oh, no. I, I agree with him for doing it. You know, you got paid the way you, you know, you did absolutely the right thing to do, but 
you want to be the best in mixed martial arts, you just want to be the guy that, you know, you were there. And yeah, you won titles and then you lost and you never came back and did it again. And then now I'm going to, and he talked about, I, I want to win a boxing title and stuff like that. You got to be all in hundred percent. You're either all in as a mixed martial artist or you're all in as a boxer. You yeah. cannot do them both and be successful in both. If you're not all in just with one, you've got to pick. And I hope that he just sticks with the MMA. It depends on how you evaluate success. Majority of the people in the world evaluate success by the amount of money you make. Well, so if that's the case, then he's very, very successful and he'll continue to be very, very successful. But if you're basing it off of whether he wins a world title or not, then I don't think he'll I don't think he'll ever do that in boxing. I mean, outside of like a, a no name title that they maybe create for Zufa, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, like, like Butterbean and you beat with yeah. the, the four round champion or whatever. Yeah, whatever, whatever that is. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. So, I mean, I don't think he'll ever do it in boxing. I think he, out of all the MMA guys that we have, potentially, I think he could do it. You know, um, but he'd be the probably one of the only ones. I mean, I'm sure there's other good guys that you know that are coming up that could potentially could do it. But it maybe Izzy, Izzy out of uh, out of Sonia, he could potentially do it. I think, but guys that are really good kickboxers, they're not always the best boxers. That's you know, true they because on, they rely on their kicks to set up their punches, and they rely yeah. on their punches to set up, set their, up kicks their kicks. And, yeah, that's where they get the damage. So, what about Adesanya is now going to fight Yoel Romero? Yeah. Um, I'm excited for the fight, yeah. but I believe Romero coming off the loss to Costa, right? Yep. That's the last time he fought? Yep. Okay. Yeah, it just, uh, it's hard. It's hard to just, oh, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he deserves it. I, I think he's the guy that should have, he's just a fucking animal, man. That guy's just, I mean. Uh, and, I thought I thought UL won the second fight against Whitaker. Okay. And he did so much damage at certain points. Now, Whitaker won rounds, but the the damage in the end, I would have ended up having Yoel Romero winning that fight based on scores. But, man, you look and you go, he's got all the tools to beat him because of his wrestling. Now, his wrestling at one point was world-class. It's not world-class anymore. I'm not, But that guy could still walk into a D1 school and wrestle with high-caliber D1 wrestlers and do well. D one, I think he, I think he smashes all the D one guys. Well, that's why I, I, I think yeah. when he gets when, but if he was to walk into the Olympic Training Center, well, that's a different, different story. Yeah, you know, so, but I mean, if he, yeah, but I mean, he's still that good. You know, because look, if a guy comes into MMA with a you know NC two A championship under his belt, what do we all do? Hey, dude, he's fucking good. That guy yeah, can yeah. wrestle like a son of a. Yeah. So that's how good Yoel. You know, he was incredible at one point, silver medalist. And now he still has, even though he doesn't wrestle, he still has this level of wrestling mm -hmm. in his back pocket. He just doesn't use it. Yeah. And he gets into the stand-up battles, and if he gets into a stand-up battle with Izzy, the chances are Izzy's going to just pick him apart. You know, He cannot sit there and play that man's game. He's got to go with the skill set that brought him to the dance and the skill set that is his biggest strength against his opponent's biggest weakness it is the difference in their wrestling, and he has the ability to put Izzy on the mat. And if you put Izzy on the mat, he cannot damage you with his hands or feet. That's how you get your win. Yeah, I um, I agree. The one thing I don't agree with, or not, I can't say I don't agree with, is that he needs to be skeptical of. Is that if he doesn't, if he takes him down and he needs to keep taking him down, he's going to get tired and make it easier for Izzy to line him up on the feet because every round starts on the feet. So when I'm giving you guys this information, like I can see why. He, 
it's actually smart as a wrestler for him to have learned not to always rely on his wrestling. Oh, yeah. Think. No they doubt. wrestle for they wrestle hard for six minutes. These guys, like you got a fifteen minute fight. Wrestler mentalities though was like, oh well shit, I only gotta go six minutes. No, no, no. You gotta go fifteen or twenty five. Yep. So he needs to pick and choose his shots and his opportunity for his takedowns. He can't just go out there and think I'm gonna wrestle and wrestle and wrestle. Yeah, sorry, buddy, but in like six, seven minutes, you'll be fucking done. You know, and is he just gonna light you up, you know, left and right? And he's gonna make is he gonna make it maybe not the first time or the second time, but then is he gonna start making him work for those takedowns? And if that's gonna make it even harder as the fight goes on to get those takedowns. The one thing I will say that if he does get Izzy down, Izzy better find ways to protect his fucking face because he's got some of the nastiest ground and pound. That guy, I want to say he's it was strong when he fought Jacare. Didn't he knock Jacare out from the top position? No, nah, you're, you're, you're talking about Leoto Machida. Leoto, okay, okay. So he fought Leoto, and man, just nasty. Like he, he wasn't didn't didn't really shoot, didn't really like, and then all of a sudden he got the takedown. It was like the fight was over like that once he got yep. on top. I mean, just he's got the he's got big power. He's obviously very athletic. I mean, and for his age, I gotta tell you, like he seems like Father Time has not touched him. I know at all, <laughs> at it's, all. It's I'm just thinking. the genetics in that makeup. You just go, yeah, something special there. Man, it's insane. Anyways, yeah, he's got to pick and choose his shots. So I understand what you're saying, like Russell. I do agree, but I think also too, if he gets a takedown early. It could potentially be a long night for Izzy. If he doesn't get a takedown early in that first round and he just lets Izzy kind of pick and choose his shots and stay on the outside or, you know, take the center of the cage and push push Yoel back with his punches and the kicks, with his striking, it could be a long night for him too. He's gotta definitely threaten the takedown at least, get get impressed to the fence, try to make him work, you know, get on top. If he gets to that top position, oof. Ugh. Oh, I, I don't know, man. It's going to be – he's ground upon is just something to be feared. And, I mean, like, feared by gods. Like It's, it, it's nasty. <laughs> yeah. It's nasty, nasty. It's really um, nasty. But it's sad that we don't see it more often. But I do – I'm very intrigued by the fight. I was more intrigued by the Costa uh, fight. And Izzy, that fight, to me, was more intriguing. Um, but I, I think that – Yoel is definitely deserving of the shot. If there was going to be somebody else underneath him to have it, I think it would be Yoel. You think the Costa-Izzy fight is more intriguing? Yes. Tell me why. They're going to basically just stand up with each other and just fuck each other up. Okay, let me ask you this straight out. Izzy, Izzy wins, I think, but it'll be really? Is, I think so. Are they even in the same class as far as striking abilities? No. So how are you thinking this is going to be a great fight between two guys that are going to stand there and strike when Izzy's got way better technique. No, he does. He absolutely does. And sometimes technique can be... Uh, Supplanted can by be, power? Not just power, just overall, overall aggressiveness. I mean, you look at what happened to uh, Pettis yesterday. Just just walked him down. Just made him fight going backwards. Just, yeah, but, that's, what Ca but, that's what Costa did to Yoel Romero. But there was, there was purpose behind, but hey, uh, marching... Pettis down. First off, he mm -hmm. doesn't fight well, and I I do need to close the distance. So Costa, mm -hmm. you know, Paulo Costa, if he's pressing that into Israel, is he going for the takedown? I don't know. Maybe. 
That he, he's 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 a he is a he's he's a dark horse, like a wild horse. You don't know what he's gonna do. Okay. He's trying to take the fight anywhere he wants. But I think honestly, threatening the takedown will definitely make him make Izzy a little bit more hesitant to to throw kicks or to to do anything along those throw body kicks for sure. But anything along those lines, you know what I mean. So that little hesitation when you're talking, we've had this conversation before. When you're talking about the guy who's number one and number two. The percentage of who is better is a split percent, like 1%, less than 1%, maybe 2%. Yeah. But it's somewhere in that margin. So if I can take away one of your weapons, your body kicks, and I can make you hesitate for a split second, that means that I have the advantage in some little tiny areas that he can exploit. I'm not saying he can or will. I'm just simply saying that to me it was more intriguing, that fight, only because of the way Costa fought Yoel Romero so well. I thought it was such a good fight. I was in the arena that night, and it was such a fucking electric fight. I think that he, if he can get Izzy to fight going backwards and start threatening to take down as well as his striking, he's a big mountain. He's a mountain of a man. Jesus oh, Christ. trust me. He is huge. 185. He was 185 No idea how pounds. he makes the weight. 228 when he stepped in the cage when I did, when I, I did his fight, I think, against Johnny Hendricks. He was 228. Jesus. That night. It's like, all right, that's just wrong. Yeah. I, I had no idea how he makes the weight. None. Yeah. But to me, that fight, I think size also, I think size wise as well makes it interesting. You know, um, like you said, he could put up, he can get back up to 228. Now in the in the championship rounds, does he still have the cardio after cutting all that weight? Will he be able to stay at that? You know, like will he be able to maintain a pace like he did against Joel for three rounds for four rounds four and five? Will he slow down? Come will on. Will he pick him up? Will Izzy touch him? Will, oh, like, he ain't going to pick. Look at How many? Have you watched Izzy when he was fighting, we'll say, in glory? I saw a couple, like, highlight reel type uh, fights. I, I, I did just, I did his, uh, his world title attempt against uh, Wilness. Mm -hmm. And Wilness did exactly what you're saying. He tried to press the action on Israel and crush that distance and just keep on walking him down mm -hmm. and he, you know and willis is a just a dynamite defensive fighter and he took a lot of shots mm -hmm. a lot of shots and that was a fight that you know i'll give i'll give credit to willis he won the fight even though i thought he lost i thought mm -hmm. israel deserved the decision but can costa do that against israel i don't see it i just don't see him having that level of kickboxing skill that he can do that against that guy he can do it against most guys but he can't do it against that guy and if you're talking about matchups i would rather see the matchup of yoel romero mm -hmm. against israel adesanya based upon the fact that yoel has a skill set there he doesn't use it a lot he used it against leoto and look at what happened mm -hmm. that he brings a skill set that can cause israel problems i just don't see Costa right now causing Israel those problems based upon where they're both strong. You're giving me an a you're giving me a comparison of a kickboxing fight, whereas Costa can threaten a takedown. That changes the dynamic of the game. You can't okay, just do, got, do me do me a favor. Just do me a favor not, real quick. Not apples talking, and oranges. I want you to count off the number. That the, was a horrible number. That was a horrible, horrible <laughs> count comparison. Off, <laughs> count off the number of takedowns you have watched Paulo Costa get in his time in the UFC 
I have never seen Dennis Seaver. I had never seen Dennis Seaver shoot. He fought Conor McGregor. They become shooters. Guys that fight stand-up guys that are good stand-up guys, they all of a sudden become wrestlers. I'm not saying that and, he needs to force it. The, what is the Josh Thompson, uh, i.e. Josh Koscheck statement? Yeah, you can't teach a grown man how to wrestle. I, <laughs> okay. I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't say uh, that he was going to have success doing it. I was saying, but it does change the dynamic of the fight. I'm just telling you, you just gave me the worst comparison ever. No. And I expected more out of you, John McCarthy. <laughs> I expected way more out of you. you know, With that I, book of knowledge in your brain, between those ears, I, really I expected like, a way better comparison. I really like Paulo Costa. I think he is a tough dude. I think he's a great-looking fighter. Mm -hmm. I think he fights hard. There's not one thing that I can say bad about him. I just look at that matchup. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's a good matchup for him. I could be wrong, but I like I didn't that. say it was a good matchup. I said well, it was a good why fight. Why did you want to see that fight? <laughs> because I think one of them is going to get knocked the fuck out. And I and I don't care who I don't care which one does. I don't get any stake in the game in this one. I'm like I just want to see the two of them stand toe to toe and throw and I well, think okay. I think I Costa needs that. to press I think Costa needs to press into him, make him fight going backwards and threaten the takedown a little bit to make Izzy a step slower cuz he's technically a lot better than Costa on the feet. We know that. I'm not arguing those points that you made. But you can't use two kickboxing fights that is a comparison. The the takedown will the, I used the one kickboxing whatever. fight. Come on, you we can't use two. you can't use a kickboxing <laughs> fight to compare. No, he, it, the it's takedown. It, but I do understand they're different sports. I get it. You're 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 75 years old. We'll figure it out. But <laughs> look, he Costa. If he threatens the takedown, will I think make Izzy a little bit more hesitant to let things go? And if just a split, not much. But every once in a while, that might work to his benefit. Size-wise, might work for his benefit on getting the takedown. Wearing on Izzy as well. I know Izzy's a big guy as well. But 230, he is not. No. Okay, like 228, 230, he is not. No. Costa, like, if he can press him to the fence, if he can dirty box him, grind him down, it's going to be hard. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I, I don't give a shit who wins. I just want to see a good fight. My point is, is that if for Costa to... To me, it could make for a very interesting, good fight. Because if he can't get that takedown, he's going to be forced to stand against someone who's just a more dominant guy. That, to me, is what makes this fight interesting. If he doesn't get the takedown or he doesn't, he's not able to press him to the fence, he's going to force Costa to stand in the center of the cage with him and exchange punches. And that's not going to go well for him. So we're going to see someone get knocked out. You know, and that, that's exciting to me. That, to me, is exciting. Yoel Romero can take this fight anywhere. He can keep it on the feet. Because I want to remind people of this. Should he keep it on the feet? Hell no. But <laughs> no. every person that has ever kicked with Izzy, every person that's ever kicked you over Romero have said, I felt like I was kicking still. Okay? <laughs> that's because they it's, were. It's, it's <laughs> that's a, like I gotta tell you guys, what's his name? Uh Luke What's Rockhold. his name? That's good. What's well, his name? Your Luke guy. My your guy. brother. You're the guy you worked out with. How long? What's his name? Well, Whitaker. <laughs> How many Whitaker, times have you been hit in the head? A lot, actually. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot. Um, Whitaker and Luke both, after their fights with them, said, I felt like it was kicking still. Luke, still to this day, I think that's a lot of what went through his mental on some of his losses after, is that he he literally still couldn't kick with that that back leg because he had just he had split the skin and damaged the bone. And every time he kicked with it, it would split back open and split back open. He had he had skin grafts to try and yeah. get his leg back to normal after kicking Yoel Romero. I mean, like that's he's like he's like you don't get it. I would kick his thigh, not even like him checking the kick. I would kick his thigh. He's like and it hurt. It hurt me to kick his thigh. So 
I want to know if that's going to play a factor when Izzy fights him. Izzy kicks him three or four times. Will he be able to continue to kick after that? You know, and then that that obviously when your leg is banged up, that makes it harder for you to stop takedowns. All those things play a factor that people just don't realize at home when you're talking about Yoel Romero. And to see what Costa did to Yoel Romero with kicks and with punches and strike all of those things. That to me, man, that shows me how fucking tough that guy is, as well as Joel Romero is extremely tough. Those three guys right now make that division very interesting to me because I got to tell you, during that Anderson Silva era, the 185-pound class has always, to me, been the weakest weight class in all combat sports. It's just, it's never been a stacked weight class. Just that's that weight, that weight class has always been guys that weigh around there and up. They play baseball, basketball, football. They play other sports. They don't go to combat sports. It's very rare. And when you when you do get one of those top talents, they end up being like a Roy Jones, just starching everyone because they're so much more athletic and so much more talented than everybody else because they went to combat sports when other guys went somewhere else. And I feel like this finally now has like a group of guys. You got Whitaker, Costa, uh, Romero, Izzy. They finally have got guys that are good and athletic and very talented there. I'd say Whitaker is probably on the bottom portion of those four but he obviously was the champ i get it he's good he's talented. i'm just simply saying athletic wise being a, being an athlete he's on the lot the lower portion of yoel and costa and izzy i mean those guys athletically are just phenomenal you know whitaker's doing the doing a f- amazing job with the talent that he has i will semi agree with you here's where the 185 i agree with you that the 185 division was always that kind of it had anderson and it didn't really have anybody else that was that, you know, that guy standing on the other side that you looked and said, but when the UFC bought Strike Force and Luke Rockhold, yep. at that time Vitor Belfort came back and he wasn't part of Strike Force, but he came back. And so Luke Rockhold and Jacare and Tim Kennedy yep. and all yes. those guys came in. Yeah, the the middleweight division with Chris mm-hmm. Weidman and Anderson and Brunson. Yeah. And Yoel Romero was Mark, part of Mark that whole Munoz. deal. Mark and, Munoz. Yeah. And you had all those guys. Yeah, that became a stud division. Yes, it did. It did. And then, but then as you recall, like Anderson was so dominant at the time, guys started all of a sudden, you know what? I'm going to go to 205. Or you know what? Maybe I'm going to go to 170. <laughs> like guys start leaving the division, you know? And I, I think about this. Guys like Khabib, they're so dominant, right? And so when they fight guys like, look at Barboza, just cut down to 145. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to win the title at 55, so let's go down to 145. Guys start leaving the division, it means that shit, they understand how good those guys are at the very top, and they're not really, they're, they, keep, they probably will never get there. Go back you know, and watch Barboza's fight against Khabib. That'll tell you why he left the division. Yeah, no, I, I saw oh, it. Was, man. Yeah, it was nasty. Oh, Just dude. brutal. Yeah, and I let it. I let it go for all three rounds. I am a sadistic <laughs> bastard. There's nothing you can do, man. Like I mean, it's he Khabib's one of those guys. He'll hit you three or four times, and then right when you're about to go out, he'll stop and start talking to Dana on the cage. No shit. Yeah, and then it's like fuck. The ref. The ref was about. You're about oh, to jump in, John, and then like he stops. You're like, he, oh, fuck. dude, he, he's frustrating as hell at times because you have those moments and you're waiting for mm-hmm. that moment. And he's just, and you're gonna say, just give me just, and he stops. And he's like a kid pulling the wings off a butterfly, mm-hmm. and you go, I freaking hate you right now. <laughs> yeah. And you know that's that's who he is. He's that dominant. The, there was a fight that I thought also too on that car, uh, Tim Elliott versus uh, the Russian kid. Oh yeah, that, uh, that Russian kid's 
tough. Oh yeah, I've seen I, I've seen him fight multiple times. I knew that was going to be a hard fight for. I, I thought Tim at a certain point well. really. Yeah, he really did. And boy, he got hit with that first shot, oh. man. He was, Ugh. dude, on his heels. You know, and we talk about a guy being on his heels when he starts and came out of it. I'll give him credit. But, man, he was right at that moment of going out. Yep. And, uh, I mean, fought his ass up. But at a certain point, you're going, damn, Tim, put your goddamn hands up. You're yeah. killing me. You're taking a lot of shots. And Tim, he, Tim Elliott, is, he's a stud. He's a tough dude. That's a guy that went five rounds with Demetrius Johnson. It came in okay. off the street, basically, just like it was like. Wasn't that the the Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, they did the uh, Ultimate like Fighter. Champions from other organizations, e correct? Every organization, champions, all you know. And uh, Tim Elliott has been around for a long time. He's just tough as nails. But uh, I want to say I keep on wanting to say it's Amazon, but I'm I'm not sure that's no, it's the, not. Yeah, I can't think. Uh, but of look, the 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 guy who fought Tim Elliott, Dave. Um, it just, I guess, he's walking proof that not all the best fighters are in one organization. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, he's, like he came in off of, he was, I don't know what organization he was in before he came. He was a champion of that organization. They had them on the Ultimate Fighter, correct? Am I, am I saying this correctly? You're saying Tim Elliott? Yeah, Tim Elliott was a champion in another, like, like yeah, well, he had, he had or, been, uh, Tim Elliott okay. had been in the UFC, okay. was released, went and became champion. I want to say he became champion of Titan. Yeah, and then okay. uh, there was like shark fights, Titan fights, oh yeah, LFA, all, all RFA, ones. all yep. these ones, and they had all the champions, right? Or used to be champion or former, or they were yeah. champions. Guys there. like Yoni Shirvanov. Yeah, yep. and they were on the Ultimate Fighter. He ended up yep. winning it, got a title Eric shot against Shelton. Demetrius Strong. But it just, I mean, he had actually a really inter interesting and entertaining fight against Demetrius because I, I don't think Demetrius yeah. understood. I don't think he understood that this kid still had all this energy in the fifth round. DJ's usually like, I'm that guy. This you know, it's like this kid has all this energy. It was pretty impressive. I was very impressed to see him make such a good comeback. And then now he was ranked number seven last night. I mean, he's going to drop a little bit because he lost. But, but I thought I think, uh, but I do, I do uh, I get excited sometimes like watching watching him fight. Oh, he's he's fun to watch. He's just a he's crazy. He's got that damn mullet. So you <laughs> look, you go well, anyone that wears a mullet, you got to be crazy. Oh, and Tim Elliott is crazy. Uh, he's funny. he's tough as hell. How do you say this guy's name? Askar Askarov. Askarov. That's it. Askarov. Okay. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, no other fights last night. I mean, they t what they they announced their lineup. They've got Yoel Romero um, versus Izzy. They've got um, Junior Dos Santos is going to be fighting. Uh, I think Blades. Yeah. Brian yeah. Blades. Um, then they showed went, you know, you, Tony you think, against you think, Khabib. You think, you think Blades beats uh, Junior? No, I don't. And wow. you know, and this is why Blades has consistently. You take a look at his fights against uh, Nengano. when he mm -hmm. fights guys that have heavy hands, and he can't just take them down because you know heavyweights are different, and heavyweights mm -hmm. they they're going to wrestle different, but. Junior's got good hips, and you can go back and look at all the times that Kane Velasquez and what happened with Kane's fights. All the times Kane tried to take him down at times, couldn't get him down. You know, and Junior is tough to take down. He's not he's not that same fighter. I'm not going to put him in the same uh, category as when he was the champion, but he's still good. And Blades doesn't have the hands that Junior has to worry about. Kane had hands. 
Yeah. Kane was able to punch and kick that Junior had to worry about that. When Junior doesn't have to worry about you hitting him with hard shots, he comes after you hard, and he's got good wrestling defense. I just don't think that's a good fight for Blades. Yeah, I mean, like, he's been him and Han all over social media about he wants this, he wants that. Well, they're going to give it to him. I mean, I well, think... He, well, I, and he, that's the whole point. He's got the chance to look at people like me and go, you're a fucking idiot, I told you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm 100% ready to say I was wrong. <laughs> but I just don't yeah, see I, it. And then, the, what was the other fight? Yeah, obviously, uh, Khabib and Tony. There was another good fight. There was, was one other one on there. Yeah, I don't remember it. Yeah, I can't remember it. Anyways, uh, should be good. Let's talk... Uh, Let's talk Julia Bud. All right. Let's talk Julia Bud. Bellator this weekend um, in LA at the forum. Julia Bud, Chris Cyborg. What do you think? Dude, I think it's a fantastic matchup. And my 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 whole thing with Julia is physically, Julia matches up with anybody. In fact, mm -hmm. possibly better than anybody out there when you're looking at her physical strength and what she's doing but i want i want julia to take a page out of the holly home book thank go, you go and watch not only holly's fight against chris mm -hmm. go and watch holly's fight last night against rocky pennington and i want you to figure out here is your blueprint for winning this fight you need to fight in a phone booth nothing at range i know you came from a muay thai background that's where she started out Get, get that out of your head because at at range, Chris is going to cause you problems. Yep. She's just, she's at a different point in the, the way she fights the stand-up game compared to what you're doing. But your physical strength, you match up very well with Chris. Strength for strength, size for size, mm -hmm. the ability to out-wrestle her, the ability to put her into the cage, keep her in the cage, and just rough her up, beat her up, frustrate her, and make her start coming into the next round thinking, I need to do something, which leads to a mistake that you can take advantage of, put her on her back. Julia Budd has all the skills needed to beat Chris. Mm -hmm. Up here, that's the yeah. big key. You've got to believe. You've got to have the confidence in yourself. You've got to sit there and say, I will walk through hell to get this win. I don't care what she does. I'm going to do what I need to do and continue to just go back to the well every round and make it happen. She can win this fight. Yeah, this is a mental thing, a mental break for her. She needs to get through this mentally more yeah. than she does physically. Um, she is somebody that has all the intangibles, all the skills, good grappling, good wrestling, good, uh, obviously good stand up. You know, she just needs to go out there and impose her will against her. And I, I, I agree with, I agree. Like she needs to take that page out of Holly Holmes book and press cyborg to the fence. I, I want to say, uh, Alejandra Lara, she did this to Vita Ortega, um, this last fight in Hawaii where when you realize someone doesn't throw straight punches and they, all they do is throw hooks. You fight inside a phone booth because yep. everything they throw now goes around the back of your head versus like on your face. Yeah, you get so clubbed, throw, but you don't get hit. Yeah, you don't get hit. You get clubbed like that. So I think if she does that, she stays in that range of throwing elbows and throwing and staying in the clinch, putting your forehead in, in into her face, making her look up to the to the light, so it makes it easier for you to knee her stomach. You know, elbow her face, like those type of things. I think she has a great chance of winning as the fight goes on too. Cyborg will she. 
she'll slow down. People don't think that she like she just like walks forward like a cyborg, but she will slow down. The pace oh, off yeah. of her punch, her all those things will happen. So I think Julia can then open up later in the in the rounds. You just want to get through that first round, round and a half of where cyborg's a fucking animal. <laughs> She's an animal the whole fight. But she will slow down enough to the point where she can go ahead and now go ahead and get in some of those exchanges, get in and get out still without getting hit. She's got to get through that first round and a half. And I think also, too, the longer the fight goes, the 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 longer it could potentially favor Julia because it makes her build it builds her confidence. You know, I'd like to see her get her out of there sooner, obviously. But I'm just simply saying that I think as a confidence with Julia, with the way she is with her her mentality and her mental, I think that. It benefits her every round that goes by. It's like, I deserve to be in here. I deserve to be in here. And it lets her know that she's one of the best girl fighters out there. I, I did Julia's fight when she, the, the inaugural featherweight championship fight for Bellator. I did that fight. It was against Marlos Conan, who I love. I one of my Mar favorite. Oh, she's just, hands down, one of just my Just incredible. But I can tell you, there was not a doubt in my mind that Julia did not have confidence that she was going to win that fight when that fight mm. started. And you could see it that she was just, you know, she was wanting to do stuff. It ends up taking Marlos down, and her husband, Lance, is, is her coach, and he's saying, see, I told you, I told you, and he's, he's talking to her and trying to build her up. And then she gets into the second round, and, and I'm, I'm watching, and she's just dominating the fight, but she truly did not believe in herself until about the third round. It was like, I can beat this person, because she had had yeah. Marlos so high in her mind as far as how good she was and what she'd accomplished in MMA and what she had done. She had her on a pedestal yeah. and she's got to go into this fight without that pedestal. Chris is another fighter. Yeah. She's a good fighter. I'm not saying she's not, she's you know, a great fighter, but so am I. And she has to have that confidence and that belief in herself. And let me just go out and do what I'm good at because they do things differently. They do similar things, if they get into a clinch, Julia is very good with a body lock clinch. She's got a great body lock clinch where Chris sometimes goes to that and will force someone in the fence. But Chris, as far as her Muay Thai plum clinch, is better than Julia's, the way she is able to inflict damage off of it. So they, they do things differently. And my whole thing is go after what you're strong with. Julia's wrestling and her physicality her ability to physically overwhelm someone based upon her size and strength she has that ability to do it with anyone and she can do it against chris she just has to believe yeah i i, I agree with you on that the uh the fight that i think it to me is the most interesting not most interesting but the one that i'm excited to see is the featherweight fight yeah you know um we're gonna it's a five round fight. I want to remind everyone that the first round were all three round fights. This round is now we're into the every every round yeah. from now on. Every round of the fights will all be five round fights. Um doesn't mean they're all gonna go five rounds, but no. they're all scheduled to go five rounds. Um Darian Caldwell, right, versus Adam Borks. Yep. Man, you, I said, well wait, John, please explain that facial expression to me. Please. <laughs> Man, you know, Darian Caldwell is such an athlete. He is he's just an athletic specimen. He's fast. I hear. I hear a butt coming. I hear there's a butt a, coming. Well, there's the Go butt ahead. is. <laughs> there is no doubt. People can sit there and say what they want, and Darian can sit here and say, "Oh, you're wrong, John." He gasses. Yeah. And if someone pushes a pace on him, he has a hard time maintaining 
what is going on in the fight. If he can control the pace, he can go the five rounds and he'll look great doing it. If he cannot control the pace of the fight and Adam Borsch pushes a pace that puts Darian in an uncomfortable realm within the fight as far as how fast he's got to fight it, how much he has to move, how much he has to, if he does take Borch down, how much he has to struggle to keep him down, start elevating that heart rate. We have seen that Darian Caldwell is a fast twitch muscle, muscle fiber athlete who starts to trail off. It's like the difference between being a 100-meter Usain Bolt and being the marathon runner. He doesn't have that marathon endurance. He's got the 100-meter sprint. He is dangerous. He's a guy you got to worry about. But if you can push him past that pace, that's the area that you can beat Darian Caldwell in. And we're going to see how smart is Borsch. And you were talking, you know, how everyone's talking him up in the gym. You know, guys will tell you yeah. when guys are looking good. And they know when they're dangerous. The thing that gets me, thing that gets me, when you talk to guys from the gym, from whether it's three six five or AKA or Jackson Wink, I mean, anytime you talk to guys, training partners or coaches, oh, he looks phenomenal. Oh, he's doing great. Oh, he's this and that. But you very rarely say, you very rarely hear top other fighters say like, yeah, I don't spar with him because he's he he goes hard. Like it's yeah. just you know too hard for me to spar with him. Yep. Like that that means that. He's like he's just one of those guys that like he always tries to up his game one next level. Sometimes he'll throw flying knees in the gym because that's what he does in his fights, and it shows. He's got what two, two or three, two. Well, he's, he's got two, two flying knee knockouts in the Bellator cage, two or three. I think it's two. Um, but he's just you can when you hear other top guys like Michael Chandler said, like, "No, I don't spar with him anymore." Whew. That's letting you know he's like, yeah, he's just uh, yeah. you know, he's it's it, he he goes hard. When he goes too hard, like I don't want to go with, like I don't want to go hard, and that lets you know, like, that a guy at 155 pounds is having having a hard time with a guy who's 145 pounds, and he doesn't want to go with him because he goes too hard. I don't know, man. Like I start thinking to myself, when you've got someone of that that caliber saying that, okay, he's he's one of those guys. He's the guy that like I should be keeping an eye out for and looking out for. I don't really pay attention to coaches. When John Cavanaugh said. When John Kavanaugh said, yeah, Connor's the best he ever looked, da, 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 I, was, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I really believe you. Sure, he looked great, <laughs> la he looked great last night, but, and, I, and I like John a lot, but, eh, you know, you're a coach. You're supposed to say that. You know, like, you're supposed to say those things. And when, when friends or people with training partners say that, you're supposed to say that. Oh, he looked great. He looked phenomenal. <laughs> this and that. Like, you're, they're going to say that. So I don't, I don't, it doesn't hold much water with me when that when i hear those things but when you hear them say yeah i don't spar with him anymore because he goes too hard or oh he's like you know he's leg kicks are too much or you know or he's got you know the power is too much he throws with too much power when those things are said i start paying attention when guys in your own gym don't want to spar with you that, that is oh, either yeah. you're a fucking either you're a fucking idiot you know, like you just you you do stupid shit. You know, like trying to do laces or takedowns with why you got all the gear on. Like I understand when guys say that, versus when guys say like, oh yeah, you know, he just is like he kicks too hard or like you know, occasionally he'll throw like a jumping knee and uh, you know in training. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, but it made me pay attention. It, now to go on Darian Caldwell, I am not convinced at all that he can go five rounds. I am not convinced at all that he can have a productive 
five rounds. Well, you've say. hold on. You've seen him fight five round fights. Yeah, but not okay. pretty, like in the fourth and fifth round. It's become one of those like survival mode. Can every be time. at times. Can be almost at times. Every almost every not time. when he won. Not when he won the title against Dantas. No. He looked really uh, good in that fight, yeah. but. And this is this is the hard part when you're talking about him is this is a guy that was a champion, mm -hmm. NC2A you know, championship wrestler, champion mm -hmm. in Bellator and the bantamweights, moving up in weight, which I think is a good thing for him. I think it's way better. He's at 145 than at 135 because he's a big 145er. He's mm -hmm. long, he's strong, but yeah, there is that one element where you know that if someone that the blueprint on darian is push the pace on him push the pace mm -hmm. on him and if borch is able to push the pace we're gonna see has darian done the things to get himself prepared for those later rounds when someone does push the pace on him i just feel i feel like it what you need to do is if you're fighting him not even so much push the pace Go ahead and let him take you down. I think you need to take that Frank Shamrock, Tito Ortiz um, game plan and just go ahead. Like, here, take him, take me down. I'm going to fight it just a tiny bit. And when I get on bottom, I'm just going to make you work. I'm going to slap your ears. I'm going to elbow your face. I'm going to push your head side to side. I'm going to constantly make you work to try to keep me down. And by the end of round two, I'm going to do whatever I want to you. You well, know, I'm gonna just go ahead and start making you work even harder for the takedown. I'll make you start shooting from further away. I'm gonna make you start throwing punches when I know your arms are already tired because you're a wrestler. Like you know, this it just doesn't. I don't know. You can survive, which I think Borks is more than capable of surviving the first two rounds. I think that he's gonna in the fourth and the fifth round. I think halfway through the third round, he'll go ahead and start making him work to the point where he won't be able to keep up. Well, you brought up the Tito Ortiz and Frank Shamrock. If there's one element out of that fight. I would definitely do is last 30 seconds of that round. I am going to push the pace on Caldwell as much as I can make him work as hard as I can possibly make him work for those last 30 seconds. So by the time that that one minute is up, his heart level, that rate is about 15, mm -hmm. 10 to 15 beats higher than it should be. As he enters that next round, that's how you start to break that body yeah. down. The other thing as well is, I don't know if Adam Borch does this at all, but when you have somebody like Darren Caldwell who, who likes to talk, you know, and he likes to try to get under people's skin, he likes to do those things, is that you got to pull another page out of Frank Shamrock's book. Just talk in his ear. Oh, he, that was illegal, Tito. Oh, Tito, what are you doing? Oh, you can't do that, Tito. Like those type of things. And I'm going to tell you guys firsthand, I never had anyone talk to me in the cage except for KJ Noons. One of the most frustrating fights of my life. Even though I won, I got to tell you guys, I had never been so gassed and so tired because he was talking to me the whole time. And I was thinking, like, this guy doesn't give a shit. Like, this is weird to me. It just threw me off. <laughs> and it made me more tired because... Yeah, it mental like every, energy. It burns. Yeah, immense, mental energy along with the actual fight itself. Yeah, the physicality of the fight definitely like makes someone, a difference. Yeah, someone telling you like, "Oh, come on, just let me up." You're being a pussy right now. Like, come on, you're fucking just gonna lay on me. Give the I thought you said you're gonna give the crowds, the the, the fans, the 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 fight they wanted to see. Da, da, da. Like those things in your mind, you start thinking about it because all this, all the press and the interviews you did before, I'm gonna knock them out. I'm gonna sub them. I'm gonna take them down. I'm gonna beat them up. All that starts going into your head because you had a you had sold it to the media, but then now in the fight, you're living a different lifestyle, and. It gets to you. So with Darian, like, you've got to be able to back it up. 
because that goes through your mind. If if Adam Borks or anyone fighting somebody like that, you're talking to them during the fight. It makes them burn energy even faster. And we saw that with Frank and Tito. With Tito just Frank was talking to him the whole time. Frank was making him work the whole time. And you know, coming into the in the fourth round, he's just exhausted. Like just could barely, you know shoot a takedown then when he lost he couldn't get the takedown i was like okay it's all over now let's press the action and that 30 seconds that last 30 seconds is very key you're making them work making them go back to their corner even more tired than they normally would so less time to recover yep that's true it, it makes for a very interesting fight does darren caldwell have all the skills to beat adam borks yes. absolutely does he have the conditioning we will see there you go we will see um look i i reached out to aaron pico talked with him a little bit and he said, um, he said wonderful things. And of course he's supposed to, and I just talked about how I don't believe <laughs> fighters when they say shit like this, but I was say, he's like, so, so you believe the you believe the yeah. fighter. You don't believe the coach. Got it. Okay. No, okay. no. Yeah. But he, uh, he said that he feels really good, which is normal for people to say. There's never been any doubt whether Pico comes in feeling great. He's always in phenomenal shape. He's always ready to fight. He, he never stops training. He's never really gives his body a, day, a rest. He's always that person. And I mean, I've seen it firsthand. The guy's an animal uh, when it comes to training. I'm not ever worried or concerned about his, his physical shape and his body, you know, all those things. Are I you kidding? It's his, it's his game plan. Yeah. It's the game plan of how he decides to fight. And I think that Jackson Wink and I think those guys have finally probably developed something for him. He's had an opportunity and chance to work it for a long enough period of time. He probably feels comfortable in those positions. Uh, he will always be, there will always be a little bit of a threat of submission to him until he gets, you don't learn that overnight. But his wrestling can nullify quite a bit. Um, and his pressure and his physical strength at 145 I think is is key. So he can do a lot of things. We saw it with Adam Borks. He was taking him down with, at will very easily, extremely, yeah. you know. Um, but his natural reaction is to dip his head when people leave their feet. We saw it with Adam Borks as well. And that's a wrestler. Look at Ben Askren did it with George Mazadal. Exactly. We've seen, it, we've seen it countless times. Wrestlers, when someone leaves their feet with a flying knee, your natural reaction is to try and grab the leg on the way up, which normally you miss and it goes right into your face. <laughs> you know, so. Um, and we saw that that's with, a good you know. Feeling. With, yeah, with him and, you know, and we've seen it with other past wrestlers as well. I, I just, I feel like, I think, I think we're going to see a, uh, a little bit different Aaron Pico. We're going to see the one that fought Adam Borks, more wrestling, more ground and pound. And um, we'll see some stand up. I think we will as well. I, I hope we don't see a whole lot of kicks. I just hope we see the boxing with the wrestling. If we can see that, if we can see that, I think we're going to have a, a, a new start to Aaron Pico. Well, I think the whole thing, the guy he's fighting, Daniel Carey, has got really good submissions. And one thing he's got yeah. that's re his best submission is a guillotine choke. Mm. His guillotine is very good. It's, in fact, he put, you know, Gaston Bolanos unconscious mm -hmm. with it in his last fight. Aaron, when he does takedowns, does them like a wrestler and mm -hmm. puts his head to that outside, you know, and when I say does it like a wrestler, does it like a guy that has not been fighting MMA and is just going to the roots of his wrestling and hasn't changed it. And he puts his head sometimes in a place that you don't want it. Sometimes he doesn't. But on the ground, the question for me with Aaron is going to be, how does he transition on the ground? How's his ground and pound now? Because if in facing a guy like Kerry, Kerry's going to move a lot. And what we've seen with Aaron, he hasn't, had the ability to get that transitional awareness 
where he can do damage while that guy's starting to move because he knows where to move and where to bring the shot. Instead, he stops and goes to wrestling to control. And he's Mm got to get out of that control mindset. I've got to get into the damage mindset. If I take this guy down, I I take him down to do damage to him. If he ends up getting Mm -hmm. up, that's okay. I'll take him down again. And that's going to be the difference with Aaron Pico being dangerous with his wrestling compared to being just a wrestler. Got it. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. Like he's got to, um, he's got to learn to fight for the positions and see exactly where he can do damage. And when guys roll underneath, when he's in jeopardy of being uh, swept, or when he's in jeopardy of like being put into like an ankle lock or knee bar or something along those lines, I think what he does well though is, and I've I've trained with him before, is the guillotine is not always there. He does shoot kind of like a high, a single with the head, like you said, the high, the head on the outside with the high crotch. He does turn the corner pretty fast and pretty well to kind of avoid that that guillotine. Um, I get concerned when he shoots in on that double leg against the fence because that's when the opportunity is there because he, he's got to have that head on the outside. Yep. Um, you know, but then I also look at it too, even though you're saying that um, Kerry's got a good guillotine, you know, Adam Borks is no slouch on the ground. And he was having a hard time getting the positioning as well when it came to the submissions. So, and I think Adam Borks is another level above you know, I agree. what what Kerry is, yeah. uh, maybe even two. So I think this is a two. good fight for him, yeah, maybe even two. Um, <laughs> I think uh, it's a good fight for for Aaron. I look forward but, to it. I really do. Yeah, I, I, we're gonna see him strike though. We're gonna. I don't think that's okay. That's it's fine. I just want to see him fight smart. What we saw with what we saw with Henry Corrales was just a very stupid fight. That's yeah, the problem. But like, okay, I want you to think about how old was he? Twenty one yeah, years does, old. Twenty one years old. How smart were I, you? I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was already in the UFC at 21, though. Yeah, you're still stupid <laughs> as hell, though. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Here, that's let not going to go demi- away. Let me demonstrate a spinning back fist, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, not going to uh, go yeah. away, though. All yeah, right. but it's true, though. It's true, though. It yeah, is. I know, but see, you did things. You go, why? You're yeah, winning no, I, this fight. You I have this fight that. in the bag. But clinching, but clinching and holding the head out and getting hit and then going one for one is not something I ever did. You know what I mean? And that to me is like, that's that next level. That's like barroom fights. Like, here, you hit me, I hit you. You hit me, I hit you. That, yeah. That's what threw me off. And I know that Aaron's a lot smarter than that. Takiyama you know? of Don Fry, come on. Yeah, yeah, that was the greatest fight. I think in oh, awesome, history. Man. Greatest, not the most. Uh, oh, it's technically technical, the best. Technical, yeah, technically, technically the best. The best. <laughs> um, yeah, good stuff. What other fights are on that card? Sergio Pettis. Oh, my God. Oh, Sergio, Sergio Pettis, Pettis against Alfred, who is good, dude. I'm telling you, that's going to be a great fight. Alfred is a killer in the stand-up. I have been around Alfred a lot. He has got power. Many times, guys in the smaller weight divisions just don't have the power in their hands. Yeah. I will tell you, Alfred has got big-time power in his hands. He can put you out. He is also just kind of a little bit crazy when it comes <laughs> to the stand-up and what he'll engage with. I think Sergio technically might be a little bit tighter with his technique, but the power definitely goes to Alfred, and the craziness is in Alfred's corner, too. Wow. Yeah, that that's going to be good. a good fight. Should be good. Should be good. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. So what, uh, what other fights? Got Ava Knight in her second fight. And I, I was... I was impressed with her. Wow. I was impressed with her. And again, you talk about small female fighter, 115 pounds. She can can swat. Yeah. Her hands have power. 
She's, yep. she's got good good boxing. And what you know, here's the thing. What really got me with her in her first fight was that she was sunk deep oh, in yeah. that triangle. I want to say yeah. it was the end of the first round. She was yep. in deep in that triangle. And there she was relaxed. it didn't look like there was never a moment where she thought about tapping. Nope. She just stayed composed, stayed relaxed, kept trying to breathe, you know, and she just she did a phenomenal job. The second, third round, she picked up the pace and landed some good the striking. Body shots. Yes. Oh, yep, she's bringing oh, she's bringing something to MMA that worked for her for for uh boxing and she's used a lot utilizing it in MMA and it's, I think it's making a big difference. It's yeah. make it also makes it harder for people to shoot. When you're hitting them with body shots, it's harder for them to get off on a double leg or a takedown when you're getting hit to the body. Everyone aims for the head. When you aim for the head, they slip and they move or they duck and they come in on the takedown. Body's the bigger target. You aim for the body, it's a bigger target also too. It stops the momentum of them shooting, yep. which is beautiful. So I'm excited for her as well um, to see what what, uh, what she can do uh, in the sport. So it's good, man. Juan Archuleta against Henry Corrales is going to be a good fight. Yeah, I, I just... Really I really want to see if you know, I was so disappointed in Henry's performance mm -hmm. against Caldwell. Not you know, I, I know he was trying, and that's not what I'm saying. Disappointed, he he did not pull the trigger. No, and he was waiting for that one opportunity to land the big shot. You cannot wait. You have got to go. You know, the little shots will add up to the big shots, and so I hope he learned. You know, from that, hey, I, I've just got to. I cannot worry about what this guy's going to do. I've got to do what I do. And if he fights that kind of fight, Henry Corrales is just a junkyard dog, man. I love, you know, the way he fights, and I love the way that Juan Archuleta fights. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought Juan made the same mistake a little bit with Pitbull, and that he didn't fight his normal way. He kind of altered it. You've got to go to what brung you. You yeah. are a guy that uses wrestling. You'll disengage and throw crazy shots off of that disengaging, and that's what makes you dangerous. But that's the sign of a, a true champion, though, with Patricio. You're making somebody else fight your fight. That's true. You know what I mean? So there's that. Um, look, Henry Corrales just didn't pull the trigger, and when he didn't pull the trigger, he was looking for the one-punch knockout, like you said. Um, he's probably kicking himself in the ass when he went back and watched the fight. If he oh no doubt back and watched the fight, but with Juan Archuleta, I think he's going to go back to using his wrestling, and it's going to make it even harder for Henry Cross to get off. It is, it'll be a three round fight, and so there's not a lot of there's not a lot of time, man. You got to get after it, and Henry's got he he's been known to not fight smart at times. You know, and not just the last fight, but other fights in the past. And it's cost him. He just needs to remember that even though, sure, you got to go out there and kill him to, you know, to get the win. But, like, he'll fight to the bitter end. But the problem is not everyone wants to engage in that style of fight. Yeah. And and Juan Archuleta is not that guy. Juan Archuleta is not going to stand in front of you in exchange. He's not going to stand in front he, of him, no. He's going to pick you apart from the outside, and when you overcommit on something, he's going to take you down. Yep. You know, and on top, he's nasty and dirty, and he's going to get after you. And so I, I don't see – there's not a – outside of getting a knockout, I don't see how Henry wins this fight. because I, I'm just going based off of his last performance. That's why. And even his performance with uh, with Aaron Pico, it wasn't like he was dominating the fight. He got dropped right before that. You know, he got rocked. no. He got dropped. Yeah, he got, it's like he got rocked for that. And it's like then you know he got lucky that Aaron didn't fight smart after that. He was able to get the knockout. That's it. So it just was one of those. It's I think moving forward in this fight, he just needs to make sure that he he lets the punches go, make Juan react to those punches. You know, but 
also aiming for the, maybe the chest area to keep Juan uh, honest on the takedowns, yeah. not just trying to headhunt. So if he can do that, I think he's got a chance. But it's going to be a very small chance, I think, especially if Juan uses any type of his wrestling. Yeah, the other, the other fight that's on there is not on the main card. It's the uh, third professional MMA fight for Ray Daniels. Ah. You you did raise uh... good God. <laughs> Come on! What he, what he, he do? Came up, he came up like with a nine eighty or some shit no, like that. Instead of a tornado kick, he came up with a tornado punch. Yeah, that was, was that was, you know, Masvidal probably got the knockout of the year with Askren. Well, Ray mm. Daniels was right there with him, and that thing was that was impressive, awesome. Man. But he's fighting a guy uh, actually from out in Knoxville, a guy named Jason King. Got a lot of stand-up experience, not enough to stay with Ray Daniels on the feet, no. but he's got he's better on the ground than Ray Daniels is. But I think Ray, uh, you know, Ray's been working out at the training lab, been been working with Juan Archuleta and stuff. He's looking yeah. really good, and uh, he's always just exciting to watch. So that that Crazy. should be fun. Crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I, not many people have the the stand-up to stand with Raymond, Raymond Daniels. He. He just does things so well. He's, for his age, he's got such energy. Yep. Just insane. Like, I mean, he reminds me, like, I think when I compare people, I think of, like, Holly Holmes, very similar. Like, they just, they've got so much energy, you know? And I'm, like, you talk to him, and he's, like, a ball of light. Just like, ah, <laughs> just, it's like, you know, electricity just running through his veins there, man. It's very impressive. I, um... You just never know what you're going to get. So if you guys are tuning in at home, you guys are watching Bellator, you, you guys got to make sure you guys watch his fight because you just never know what he's going to do. Yep. Know, outside, yeah, spinning tornado punches, kicks, and you know, <laughs> and whatever. So hey, it's it's impressive. I'm calling it tornado punch because I've never seen it done. <laughs> and he goes for the tornado kick. He just stops and wink. Here comes the right hand. I was well, okay, yeah. that worked. Um, I think that's it, buddy. Sounds good to me, man. Hey, make sure you guys all tune in today and watch my Chiefs uh, beat the Titans, and no, you guys can watch that is the not Niners. Happen. Hold yes, on. Yes, it Hold is. The phone. You're, you're from T Tennessee. He's out in Tennessee. Stop so let's the go. madness. Stop Come the on, madness. Chiefs. It's not going to happen. Let's go, Derrick Henry. No, I want no. Derrick Henry to run a mud hole through the he, middle of the Chiefs' ass. Yeah, he, he, just <laughs> beat them down. Through the ass, huh? Very interesting. <laughs> eh, well, Very interesting. Yeah, it wasn't a good. It wasn't a good term, man. And no, I'm they. Going, um, I'm going back on it. All right, what are we betting? Wow! Well, I already you. owe you. I already owe you a dinner. That's true. You do. I guess it's double or nothing, right? All right, we'll go double. Yeah, and I, I don't he, get any of the points. Gonna, he, he's I don't get any it. of the points. You got Hell the favorite no. team by far. You guys beat us. The last time we lost was to you guys. Are Derrick you? Henry ran for 189 yards. All he was going to run for 289 today. Through through all he ran <laughs> he ran all the way up our, a mud hole through our ass is what he did. <laughs> Um. No, you don't get the points. No. Oh, you. You know Straight what? Up. You are such a just unbelievably. No, I, am. Weak. I am. I am. I, I never bet on my team. You know, so now that I'm betting on them, we're gonna fucking lose for sure. <laughs> we're gonna lose for sure. I never bet on my teams ever. Ever. All right. Uh, Niners and Green Bay. Who do you got? I got the Niners. Niners too. I think so. Also. Niners defense. Santa Clara. Yeah. Niners yeah. defense is good, man. Yeah. Green Bay's defense yeah. is good too, but not enough to stop. What the Niners yeah. are going to do the whole time? So nope, nope. I think Aaron Rodgers got to use his feet a little bit more. Keep that because they've had problems with all running quarterbacks: Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and uh, the young kid Kyler Murray. All those teams they you know they struggled with, and so I think if uh, if Aaron Rodgers uses his feet a little bit in this fight, it could open up some of his passing lanes Possible. as well. So you know, as well as the running game, They're the both good teams should be good. They're both very good teams, but I, I think I think the Niners are going to walk through them. So the Niners will be in the Super Bowl, and then I think the winner of 
obviously the winner of Kansas City. Yeah, you, you can uh, say your Chiefs are heavily favored. It's okay. They are, but I don't think it's going to be a close game. I mean, I, I think that they're— after seeing what Patrick Mahomes did last week, oh man, insane! Against insane. the the Texans, it was like, yeah. all right. I I'm, almost turned I almost turned it off going into the second quarter. You were crying. Was, what are you talking? I about? I was like, this is bullshit, man. I, I almost turned. I was, it was twenty four nothing. I'm like, this is bullshit. So I almost turned it off. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna watch till halftime. I ain't got nothing to do. Fucking just gonna watch till halftime. Good thing I did. Good thing you didn't turn it off. Fire. All right, my man. Well, hey, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Uh, Big John McCarthy, Josh Thompson. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, all the platforms. Okay, subscribe to us. Hit the thumbs up. Share our content. We really appreciate it. Hope you hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. And um, we're in LA this week, yeah. so we may yeah. Uh, and then I do Rogan on Wednesday. I've said that I don't know 150 times because I'm pretty excited as you can tell. I can see I'm that. excited about it. So um, other than that, what else? What else we got? Nothing. Nothing. All right, guys. Big Later. John. Big John. What's your What's your handle? Uh, John McCarthy MMA, uh, both on Twitter and Instagram. At the Real Punk on Twitter and Instagram as well. So hopefully, you a uh, big producer Dave is Podcast Dave at Podcast at Podcast Dave. You have it on your Twitter too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Both. It's Podcast Dave one on Twitter. Podcast Dave one on Twitter. Is there like a Podcast Dave already? Yeah. And now you have one. What a what a dork. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, guys. Hopefully you guys enjoy the show, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Later.